Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. We're just so excited and we're in a series right now uh, entitled Gifted, Gifted. And uh, we'll go ahead right now and turn to your neighbor. Uh, tell them, encourage them right now. Say, you're gifted. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, you're gifted. Now turn to your other neighbor, the one you like a little less, and say, you're kind of gifted. <laughs> you're kind of gifted. I love this series, Gifted, because uh, when I think about uh, the gifting of God or the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, it reminds me uh, that God uh, is giving us the how of what we often say. We often say, God wants to use you greatly. Now the nine gifts are how he wants to use you. Uh, when, we say, when we say gifted and we talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, it reminds me that there's supposed to be uh, this supernatural edge to my belief in God. It's not just supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be supernatural. And when we talk about gifted, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, it reminds me that what the Lord said on earth as it is in heaven, these nine gifts are how that becomes a reality. It's these nine gifts of the Spirit of God. And so uh, this is part two. If you uh, missed part one, Pastor Johnny did a great job kind of laying the foundation for this series. And uh, it was so good. My favorite thing that he said was, uh, the supernatural is God's natural. Amen? Come on, he loves to operate there. He knows exactly what to do. And uh, that was good enough for me to pull up the faith app and give again in Jesus' name. Because I was like, that is too good. So if you missed that, go back and uh, go ahead and listen to it. Um, and I want to cover three gifts myself here today a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and the gift of faith today. And so I'm going to do my best to unpack that. And um, we are going to read a ton of scripture today. So uh, if you didn't read your Bible this morning, you're welcome. And uh, we're going to read a lot of scripture. And uh, we, we decided uh, with this series also just not to let uh, the Christmas season be hijacked by elves, okay, uh, by Santa um, or by eggnog even. Uh, but we decided to fix our attention on the one who is the best gift giver. Someone say Amen. Uh, and so uh, I just want to unpack this with you today. This is the how of the phrase we always say, God is going to use you greatly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, is going to be the, the foundational text for this series. It says something like this. It says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. So we talked about a lot last week about not being uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, some way, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. There are different kind of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Or in other words, the gifts of God are always for the benefit of the body of Christ, are always for the benefit of the earth. The gifts of God are not so we can have superstars or so that we can clap for people or people can become Christian celebrities. No, they're for the common good of the, the body of Christ and for the earth. It says, 
To one that was given the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking uh, in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these, all these are, are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Before I jump into the three of the nine that I'm going to cover today, I want to say that there is a difference, friends, between the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And I have a real conviction as we are putting together this series that we should never judge the health of our spiritual life based on the gifts of God that are at work in our lives, but we should judge ourselves based on the, spirit, the fruits of the Spirit that are at work in our lives. And you might be thinking, why are you saying that, Pastor? And I want to show you Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, but by their fruits, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, likewise every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their own fruit, you will recognize them. Watch this. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Now, I don't read that today to scare you, but I just want to show you at the top of the series, some people could hear us talking about the gifts of the Spirit and and get the idea that, well, if the gifts of the Spirit aren't moving in my life, maybe I'm not spiritually healthy or maybe I'm not close to God. And friends, we don't, not, we don't judge ourselves by the gifts moving in our lives. We judge ourselves by the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. We judge ourselves by that because if fruit is growing on a tree, that means the tree is in fact healthy. Right, But gifts, though we celebrate them, though we love them, though we enjoy receiving them and even enjoy giving them, gifts can be under a dead tree. So we're not looking at someone's gifts as a sign of them being spiritually healthy. We're looking at the fruit of their life to see if they're spiritually healthy, but we still celebrate the gifts. We're actually going to a season right now where we will put a lot of gifts under a dead tree. Hello? But it's the fruit of God working in a believer that lets me know that the believer is in fact healthy. Okay. Here's the reality too is this. is because fruits speak to the character of the person, but gifts speak to the character of the giver. Amen. Okay, so here we go. Number one, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge can be easily defined like this. It's information revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Information... Right? That's the key word there, word of knowledge. Information revealed to you, to us, by the Holy Spirit. You know what's interesting? Many Christians uh, are asking the question, how do I win more people to Jesus? Or how do I see my friends and maybe even my family saved? And if you're not asking that question and you believe in Jesus, that is a question you should be asking. Okay, let me give you some blues clues. Ask that question. And uh, so many people are asking this question. And it's so interesting just to kind of hear the different responses or the different tactics 
tactics that people use to win people to Jesus. Like, like some people will, because they don't have the, uh, the word of knowledge, what they'll do is they'll try to trick people into following Jesus. They'll be like, listen, at my church, they're, they're having a pool party. They're like, a pool party at your church? And then they get here like, just kidding, you're getting baptized today. You know, when they, they baptize them, like... I thought it was a pool party, and then I came out of, and a disciple, you know? Or, or they might even try to, like, uh, like, they might try to guilt them into following God, right? Like, maybe you have a family member, you show up to their house for, like, the holidays, and they carry your bags, and they're not saved, and they're carrying your bags, and, like, these bags are heavy. You're like, you know what else is heavy? The cross of Christ, buddy. You need to reckon, all right? Like, try to guilt them. Or, or maybe even this one, scared. This is a good tactic. People love this tactic. I, I don't think it works that well. Word of knowledge works way better. But some people will even try to scare people into following Jesus. Like maybe you make a meal and the meal is hot and they take a bite and they're like, oh my gosh, this is scorching hot. You're like, you know what else is hot? <laughs> hell! Hell is hot! You are on the fast track if you don't change your life. You're like, wait, I'm just trying to eat Christmas dinner. Relax. But a much better way to introduce people to faith in Christ is a word of knowledge. I want to show you this in John chapter 4. Jesus does a perfect job of allowing this gift to flow through him. And how many of you know if Jesus allowed a word of knowledge to work through his life, we should be asking God, do this through us. John chapter 4, it says this. It's the story of a woman at the well. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, let me pause right there. If you knew the gift of God, did Jesus just call himself a gift? Absolutely. Because to really understand the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to backtrack to the gift of God that has been at work this entire time. As a matter of fact, the gift of God, Jesus Christ himself, is evidence to you and I that our God is a great gift giver. And if he gave you Jesus, there's no other gift that's off limits to you. If he gave you Jesus, you can ask God for anything at any time he already gave you the absolute best there is okay if you knew the gift of God that was in front of you Jesus said you would ask him for a drink and he would give you a drink hallelujah she said sir uh, you have nothing to draw with in this well is deep where can you get a drink of living water are you greater than our father Jacob who gave, us, who gave us this well and drank from him himself and also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and ha keep having to come back to this well to draw water. He told her, go call, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right. And when you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you, you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. I want to skip down to verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to her town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Or in other words, come see a man who gave me a word of knowledge. Come see a man who spoke directly to my situation. Come see a man who got information revealed about me by the Holy Spirit. 
Skipping down now to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed uh, in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him stay, to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because, his words, uh, because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and know that this man really is the Savior of the world. How do we win people to Jesus? A word of knowledge, friends. It is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, not to embarrass people. Because some people, right, maybe you're like me when I was a, a teenager and I heard about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, they, my, my pastor told me, he said, uh, God will give you words of knowledge for people. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to read people's mail. Come on. Right? Like someone comes in, they're like, I'm like, how you doing? They're like, blessed and highly favored Lord. I'm like, just kidding. You're lying. You're going through a bad situation. I got you. You know, like I, no, no, just me. Okay. All right. Well, um, but I'm like, I want to have the, the word of knowledge so I can know what's going on with people's lives. But here's the reality is Jesus gives a word of, a, of knowledge to people, not for us to embarrass people, but to empower them. You know, you might read this text and think Jesus was potentially harsh with this woman, right? Like, she's like, can you give me a drink? And he's like, you got five husbands. That, like, God, that's escalation. Like, 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 can you give her maybe like, I saw you steal something at 7-Eleven on a Friday. Like, but you went to five husbands. That's sentiment. That's deep. But, but Jesus doesn't leave this woman embarrassed. Actually, she goes now to her town and she begins to say, come meet a man who told me everything about my life. It was a word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit gave Jesus for this woman and for her situation. Here's why. And, and he does that because the word of knowledge is always a sign, a sign that points people to Jesus. As a matter of fact, all the gifts of the Spirit should be signs that point people to Jesus. If someone is operating in the gifts and it points to them, but it doesn't point to him, it's not him moving. Hello? This just happened to me, and I'm not trying to use myself as the example. God knows I'm not. But uh, I, was in, I was in Texas for the past couple days, and um, I was staying at the Hampton Inn owned by Hilton. And um, I don't mean to brag, but I'm a, a Platinum Hilton member, okay? I stay in a lot of hotels. And so uh, I get a knock on the door, housekeeping. I was like, hey, it's not time for me to leave yet. I will leave in an hour. Check out time at 12 o'clock. She's like, actually, sir, this hotel, we check out at 11. I said, that's diabolical. What do you mean? Right? And so I was trying to get ready and hanging out. And I said, you know what? I'll just call down to the front desk as a platinum member. I'm sure they will give me 45 minutes. Right? So I call down and I'm like, hey, uh, like I, my ride's not here yet. I need like about 45 minutes. Can I stay in the room? And she said, sir, you cannot stay in the room. We have a full house. I was like, okay. Uh, no big deal. I was like, can you even give me 20 minutes? She said, sir, I said no. <laughs> Hung up the phone. I was like, okay, all right. I'm going to pack my stuff up. But then something started to happen in me. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I started to get a little um, petty, right? Started to get a little petty. So I'm like, you know what? Let me call downstairs because she said we have a full house. Someone say full house. She said we have a full house. That means that there's no rooms available, and uh, you, we got to get you out so we can clean this room because it's a full house. So I said, you know what? Let me just call and see. So I called downstairs. She said, hello, front desk. How can I help you? I said, I'd like to book a room for tonight. She said, sir, we have several options available. I said, aha, I've got you. You're like, woo, I'm heated now. I'm like, I got you. So I'm like, you know what I'll do? I'm going to pack all my stuff up. I'm going to go downstairs, and I'm going to give this lady a talk, right? Like, I'm going to give her a talk. And I start to get in the elevator, and the Holy Spirit start, starts working on me because that's how he does. And I'm like, I'm going to give this, this lady a piece of my mind. And I felt like the Lord said, why don't you give her a piece of my heart instead? So I get down there, and I'm like, oh. God's like, pray for her. I'm like, mm -mm. She lied on the phone. 
She didn't even know me and she lied to me. So I see this lady. I knew immediately she was going to be my nemesis. Like, you know how? She had rainbow Crocs on. I was like, it is 2023. No one's wearing rainbow Crocs. <laughs> so I was already just looking for things to be mad at this lady at. And uh, the Lord said, pray for her. So I begin to pray for her. I start praying for her. And the Lord just said, um, start praying for her son. He's sick. And so I, I'm praying. I stop. I say, hey, do you have a son? She said, yeah, I have a son. I said, is he sick? She said, yeah. I start praying. And I'm praying. I got carried away. I started praying in the spirit. I was like, Re babaso. And she just popped her eyes open and she was just looking at me. And I was like, oh, I got carried away. And I'm praying for her. And she starts crying. And uh, we have a moment with the Lord. And, and uh, I, I get to just talk to this lady about how much the Lord loves her. And it was a great time that God created out of a word of knowledge. Friends, this is what the Holy Spirit is inviting us into. We are not joking, nor are we lying to you when we say that God wants to use you greatly. This is how he does it. He gives you words of knowledge for specific specific situations. You need a word of knowledge. These signs, they're signs that point people to Jesus. I want to convert people. Great. I want people to know Christ. Great. Then get a word of knowledge. Okay, number two, a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom easily defined is direction or instruction. Direction or instruction revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit gives you direction and he gives you instruction. I have really great news today. God is still in the business and he still desires to direct you and to instruct you to get you at the right place at the right time. Now, when I say that, I, I can already hear the comments. People go, are you serious? Like God, like God in heaven is going to direct me and lead me. That's just hard to believe. And I find it funny that people who think that it's hard to believe that God gives direction believe in like horoscopes. <laughs> I'm serious. Right, like, especially like young people, they're like, I just believe in like really good vibes. I'm like, but you don't believe God can lead you? Or like even worse, people are like, I believe in the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if God can speak. What do you mean? He gives direction. It's called a word of wisdom. He gets you in the right place at the right time. Have you ever been stuck before? Have you ever felt like you lacked clarity, like you didn't know what to do or which direction to go? You need a word of wisdom. You need God to give you wisdom, direction, and instructions from the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you how this worked in the Bible in Acts chapter 8. It's the story of a man named Philip, who's a man of God, and a eunuch. Here it goes. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way and he, made a, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. And more and, and importantly, uh, he was in charge of the treasury of Kandai, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Some of you just keep saying, you're like, I don't know how this happened, but I was just at the right place at the right time. I don't know. Like, I'll ask people all the time. I love to ask them. They're like, man, this amazing miracle happened. I was there, and I wasn't supposed to be there, and God did this. And I'm like, how do you think that happened? They're like, I don't know, coincidence, a coinky dink, if you will. Like, I'm not sure. I'm like, that was the Spirit of God. That was the Holy Spirit instructing you and directing you just as he did for Philip. Hey, go up to that chariot and stay there with it. Stay near to it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. The man said, how can I, how can I he said, unless someone explains it to me. 
So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And here's what God spoke to me, is a lot of us are begging God for invitations into influential places or to different spheres of influence that we want God to place us. But here's a word for everyone in this church today, is if you would allow God to give you words of wisdom, you would never have to beg him to give you influence. You would never have to beg him for another opportunity. You would never have to beg him to get you where you need to go. Oh, if you just got a word of wisdom, said he invited Philip to come up with him. Your invitation is on the other side of you operating in words of wisdom. The passage that this man was reading, the scripture that the eunuch was reading, it said this, he was like a, a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth in humiliation. He was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, please tell me, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came towards some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Do you see, friends, if you and I begin to operate in the gifts of God, we won't have to beg people to come to Christ. They'll ask us, hey, how can I get close to Jesus? Hey, nothing's in the way of me getting to where God wants me to be. I want what you have. Oh, if we just operate in the gifts. The man said, look, there's some water. Nothing stands in the way of me being baptized. And the scripture tells us very plainly, he stopped the chariot. The, then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Friends, this is a, an account of a word of wisdom evident in the scriptures that God will put his people in the right place at the right time. He will get you exactly where you need to be. This isn't a random act. This isn't uh, just an unfortunate. No, God puts you there and he places you there. You know what's wild to me is that we could believe that anything is random in our life when we serve a God that is intentional down to the most minute details. Like we know factually that if we were one inch closer to the sun, we would burn alive. And if we were one inch further away, if the earth was positioned one inch further away, we would freeze to death. We are exactly orbiting where God intended us to orbit. And if he's that particular about the things of the earth how particular is he with your life he will get you where you need to be he'll get you where you need to be verse 29 says the Lord told Philip go to the chariot and stay near it go you're like man I just feel like I'm supposed to go do this you're supposed to I just feel like I'm supposed to say that you're supposed to let the Holy Spirit lead you. You know what's interesting? People will say too, they'll go, okay, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But then when we start getting to the gifts of the spirit thing, this whole thing is a little weird. Let's be honest. It's weird. But friends, I promise you this, like weird should never get in the way of what God has for you. Have you ever read the scriptures? There's a lot of weird stuff in there. You should never be afraid to be weird. As a matter of fact, I felt like the Lord said this. Like, we got to get over the fear of being weird. Um, we don't chase weird. We're not afraid of it. We're not going to allow it to stop us. And I felt like the Lord said, we are not meant to look, think, or sound like everyone else. As a matter of fact, if the world never thinks the way that you're living is weird, then something's probably wrong. If nobody ever questions the way you live or the way you give or where you go or what you have or what you do with what you have, that, that something's probably off. Oh, the way we live should make the world go, huh? You were already giving and decided to give more? You already got a lot of kids and you opened up your house for foster care? 
You already give so much of your time to this and that, and you still said, no, no, I got to be at church. Friends, the world, our lives should make the world question the way they're living. It's a word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Philip allowed the Spirit to tell him where to be, and it led to a man becoming a disciple of Jesus. Okay, the last one today, the last one today is, is simply, actually, no, let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. First John chapter 21 on a word of wisdom. Um, here's what it says. It says, uh, Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and he said, and the, or he's on, the disciples are in the boat, and Jesus is on the shore. This is that account. And the disciples say, I'm going out fishing, Simon Peter told them. He told the other disciples. They said, we'll go with you. So they went with him and got in the boat. But that night they caught nothing. They didn't catch anything. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. So they're in the boat. Jesus is on the shore. They fish all night. They don't catch anything. Jesus said to them, he said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I want you to know this. That in those days when people were fishing, before Peter and most of the disciples, they, they came to know Christ and walk with him as disciples, they were fishermen. So they didn't know what to do. They didn't get any instruction from Jesus. So they go back to what they know. They go back fishing. And they're fishing all night, and they're always casting their nets on the left side of the boat. The reason they would do that is because if you would cast your net on the left side of the boat, most of the people were right-handed in that day, probably just as today. And so you could use your strong arm to pull up whatever you caught if you would cast it on the left side. But they didn't catch anything all night. So then they hear the voice of Jesus. They don't even know it's him. And he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat. This is information that God is giving them wisdom and direction that doesn't make sense to the human mind. Right? It's like, no, no, no. We've been fishing these waters all night. And we always throw our nets on the right side. But why would we do it on the left side? What, what are we doing? You know, or why would we do that? But they do it anyway. They follow and respond to Jesus. And here's what happens. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as John saw this, he knew it was Jesus because it was unconventional wisdom that he knew had to come from the Spirit of God. So they throw their nets on the right side of the boat, and now they have to use their weak arm to try to pull up what God had entrusted to them. But that's a word for the church today, that when you have a word of wisdom, you stop operating in your strength, and you start operating in God's strength. Oh, when you have a word of wisdom, you don't care if the advice doesn't make sense to everyone else. You don't care about other people's opinions. You're like, I know what God spoke to me. And because he spoke it to me, now I'm operating in his strength. And it says that the disciples pulled up more fish than they could, a large haul, more than they could, could expect. Why? Because Jesus gave them a word of wisdom. Can I just say it like this today? Make it a little practical. You're like, man, I already applied at that job one time. Why would I apply again? I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to do that. Follow that word of wisdom. Wait, I'm already giving and giving well and giving tithes and offerings, but I feel like God's stirring my heart to give more. Follow that word of wisdom. Because it doesn't make sense to man, but God is orchestrating something on his behalf. Man, I, I, I know me, we went to counseling one time and it didn't work, but I feel like the Lord's saying try it again. Friends, these are the words of wisdom that the Lord deposits to us. Let me say it like this today. A small shift in the natural, when directed by the Spirit, can lead to huge supernatural outcomes. A small shift in the natural, when directed by the Holy Spirit, can lead to huge supernatural outcomes. Okay. Now a gift of faith. A gift of faith, easily defined, is a moment of faith from God to speak a command of God. Gift of faith. A moment of faith 
from God to speak a command of God. You know what I love? People who have the gift of faith understand we're not at the mercy of our situation. People who have the gift of faith know that God was serious when he says on earth as it is in heaven. People who have the gift of faith know that there is a measure of authority delegated to every believer in Christ. And in the gift of faith, oh, I love this uh, definition by a man named Derek Pritz, a pastor. He says the gift of faith is uh, to literally have the faith of God for a situation. Like I don't just have my faith, I have the faith of God. And, and I, I want to show you a couple of passages in, this, in the scripture where a gift, a gift of faith is evident. Right in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 35, uh, it says, this is the account of being still. Mark 35, it says this. Um, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also, other, there were also others in the boat with him. A furious squallow came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern or the bottom of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, do you not care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves and says, quiet, be still. Ooh, Jesus didn't pray. Right now, because we would have, if we were uh, in that boat, we probably would have hit him with a, like a real good prayer, right? We would have been like, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for the waters, but it's not supposed to be in the boat, right? Like we probably would have, just me, right? I could have, we would have been drowning, but we would have been shouting, come on. Oh, Peter, use your gift, God. Okay, sorry. But Jesus just gets up looks at the disciples, looks at the storm, and he does not pray, but he commands the storm, be still. A couple implications, the first one being, why are you worried about that storm in your life? If he command, if he can command the waves, he could command your worries, hello? But on top of that, I want you to see the gift of faith at work. He did not pray, why? Because he knew what God wanted to do. People who have the gift of faith are not questioning, does God want to do that? They know what he wants to do and they operate in that authority. Some of you have that gift. And as a matter of fact, when the people who have the gift of faith aren't speaking up about what God is doing in their life and what God wants to do, they actually rob the body of Christ of the faith that God is trying to store up and deposit upon us. We rob people of their God experience when we have the gift of faith and we don't speak up. I had this uh, lady in my church, her, her name was Miss Jerry, and uh, she loved to pray for people. As a matter of fact, Miss Jerry would show up, I don't know how, from any direction, just ready to pray for you, right? Like you close your eyes and you feel that small, moist hand on your forehead. I'm like, Miss Jerry, is that you? She's like, don't talk, baby, I'm, pray I'm praying. <laughs> she began to pray. And I always noticed when Miss Jerry prayed for me, she prayed differently. Like she prayed differently. Miss Jerry never said but God, if it be your will, God, if you might find time in heaven, God, if you perhaps maybe might want to potentially heal. Miss Jerry never prayed like that. Some of us pray like that and we think it makes us more elegant or more, or postures better to get answers from God. But really, if we could be honest with it, we just are, we say those things so that if God doesn't do what we're praying for, we can have an out. <laughs> Well, I said maybe, so he didn't do it. That's a maybe. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Miss Jerry always prayed like this. 
Hey, what's wrong with you? I'm sick. In Jesus' name, be healed. Like she would command the room. Someone's like, I got issues with my family. She's like, unity in Jesus' name over your family. She's not asking God to do it. Why? Because she knows that this is what God wants to do. Or when you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, there's a confidence that comes to your life and your faith. And you realize it's not just natural. It's not just in situations that it makes sense. As a matter of fact, as a Christian, the gifts of the Spirit should be moving in my life. And there should be a couple circumstances in my life that don't make sense. This is how our God moves. The gift of faith. And, and, and me and Pastor Johnny were talking in the back. The gift of faith is not able to claim it. <laughs> I saw a car drive by. I was like, God, I need a new RAV4. Thank you, Jesus. That's not it. <laughs> Remember, it's for the common good, and these signs are to point people to Jesus. The signs only point to you, then it's not Jesus. Watch this last one. It's um, in Luke chapter 7. Uh, it's... It's where Jesus raises a young boy from the dead. It says, as they approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The son of his only mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the boy. They, were, they, the, um, they went up and touched the thing that they were carrying him on, and the bear stood still. Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. You see what happened right there? The gift of faith. Jesus said, hey, are you just joking? Are you sleeping? It's not nap time. Get up. Jesus said, young man, arise. Literally the faith of God for a moment. The gift of faith is so evident in the scriptures. Like you got John chapter 11 where Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. You got Acts chapter 9 where Peter says to, uh, to a little girl, Tabitha, arise. You got Acts chapter 13 where Paul spoke to a, a demonic man and said, told that demon to come out of him. Friends, the gift of faith is evidence that God is still interested in partnering with humanity. You know what's so interesting about these last gifts, and I'm done, is these three gifts are only of the nine. So we're going to continue this series, but I want you to know this, is that the gifts of the Spirit are evidence, or even just that last gift, the gift of faith, is evidence that God still wants to partner with humanity. When we say that God wants to use you greatly, we're not just talking about in ways that you understand. Well, God, will, of course, will use me greatly at my job because I'm an expert in this field, and that's where it makes the most sense for God to use me. No, I was, yes, God wants to use you at your job. He also wants to use you at your home. He also wants to use you at the gas station. He also wants to use you at the Hampton Inn, owned by Hilton in West Laco, Texas. He wants to use you everywhere he can. Not just the places that make sense. And so I'm holding on because I know that God wants to use me greatly. How is he going to do it? Through the gifts of the Spirit. Let me encourage you today, everyone in this room, yes, of, of course, all nine, but in these three, you have one of them. You might have a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or the gift of faith. Step into the gift that God has orchestrated for you. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.